Hey rock stars, I'm Lydia Billings. And I'm Colleen Starcoke. And you're listening to Rules Aren't Real, a Rowan Coaching production. Have you ever followed a rule that didn't end up serving you? Here's an example. I can't be an artist and make money. Or how about this one? You can't start a new career after 30. Colleen and I want to explore why people often follow these rules, even though they aren't always awesome. Every other week, we'll dissect and debunk a societal, cultural, or individual rule invented by humans. We'll also look at some of the neuroscience behind why we're wired to follow the beaten path. On the alternating weeks, we'll interview a super rad real-life guest who has achieved badass results by completely breaking the previous week's rule. Get ready to climb out of that box, folks. Welcome to Rules Aren't Real. Here we go, here we go, here Welcome we go. New York. It's <laughs> Monday evening. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And I think we better put that in the edit. <laughs> All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to um, Rules Aren't Real. Uh, this is our sixth episode. Woohoo! Can you believe it? Already <laughs> six episodes. It feels Not like we really. just got started, but I'm so excited, having a ton of fun. Um, and we've been getting great feedback from people who have been saying it's been pushing their boundaries, um, teaching them things they didn't know before. I mean, just the coolest feedback that we're so excited to receive. Have you been getting some of that too, Lydia? Yeah, people are saying um, things like, I never thought about it that way, or people are really connecting with what some of our guests have shared so far, you know, Zoe and Eduardo. And it, for me, has really opened up an opportunity for the people that I know to share about other parts of themselves. Absolutely. um, Which is an awesome conversation starter. So mm-hmm. thank you for connecting with us, everyone. We love you. Yep. And uh, <laughs> please do please uh, sign into our Facebook page. I feel like that was like, <laughs> get onto the internets and the web and, and, and sign on to the Facebook the, thing. Get no, on MySpace. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know. But, but seriously, guys, we really want to hear from you. Your perspective is going to make this so much richer. And the more we can tailor it to you guys, the more fun it's going to be for everybody. So get on facebook.com slash RAR and tell us what you think. What are we talking about today? Okay, so we have a really interesting rule today. We are going to be debunking the rule you can't start as CEO. Ooh. So what's another way we might put this? There's a couple kind of angles to this one. It's a little bit more nuanced. Another way to think about it is, you know, you shouldn't start a business from scratch. You should work your way up inside someone else's company. Right. Especially if you're fresh out of college or you're just starting in a new field. I think a lot of people have this rule that the best way to be successful is to work on someone else's company or someone else's project and and work your way up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's some, there's some legit concerns that people put out there. Um, I, we just read an article today from Inc. Magazine, which is actually one of my favorite magazines. If you're interested in startups or running your own business or innovation in general, I would definitely check out Inc. Magazine. That was not a paid push, by the way. I just really enjoy it. Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) I know I just sound like a walking, talking ad machine, but I I swear to God, that was not a paid push. No, but it's a cool article, but it it is kind of, uh, it's the rule keepers article in this case. Um, It says three reasons why you shouldn't start a company right out of college. And 
They made a couple interesting points, one of which is you don't have much time to learn from your mistakes. So the idea here is essentially when you start working for other people, you have some time to kind of learn how things work and fuck up in the beginning and get some good guidance around that and some good advice from your sage elders and whatnot and kind of proceed from there. Um, I don't know. Do you have a counterpoint to that, Lydia? Well, it is interesting, right? Because if you're working on your own, then really having a business become profitable can take some time depending on what field you're in. So there's kind of this balance between respecting the learning curve and being on the journey of learning how to do what you're doing really well, but also actually putting food on the table and paying your bills. Right, right. So I can see both sides of it. And Mm -hmm. I think that our guest next week will share more about her own path and how that's worked out for her. But I think also every business is different. And you know, (laughs) to be totally honest with you, kind of no matter what direction you go, you're gonna fuck up. And that's okay. That's a part of the process that making mistakes, it's this sort of gorgeous human thing. And it's worth embracing, you know, it's, it's going to happen. And if you want to have a startup, it's going to happen there. So that's okay. Another point that this Inc. article makes is that when you first go into business or you, you first get a job, you don't understand basic business practices, which will cause problems for you if you go right into creating a startup. So by basic business practices, they mean everything from, you know, how do you how do you do professional emails to mm-hmm. what's the right way to hire and fire somebody without any legal ramifications, um, but also just sort of the ethical concerns that are involved there. So talking about that and, you know, that's one thing that I can I can see that point, just like you said, Lydia, what, what's a third one if you if you take a look at that? For me, what came to mind is what is bookkeeping? Right. right. <laughs> like you have to be your own bookkeeper and your mm-hmm. own marketing department and your own, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have to be all the departments. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Everything from HR to biz dev to marketing, advertising, accounting, legal. I mean, the whole gamut, right? Not to mention you have to be the person who tells you to go on vacation. <laughs> And on top of all of that, you have to actually provide the service that your business offers. Right. So you're not only serving your clients, but you're running the whole thing by Mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah. So there's, I mean, you can understand why some people would say, don't do this. Start by learning on other people's money. We call this uh, uh, OPM, other people's money. And this is actually an acronym that we got from Dara, who's our guest next week. So you'll, you'll hear all about that. But a lot of people do advise this and it makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. You know, actually I did it this way and a lot of people do. I, I did my startups after I had worked uh, for several other people and learned a lot about how business works and had some time to build a client base, you know? So it, there's a lot of different ways that you can go about running your startup. That being said, we're here to break the rules Uh, not necessarily facilitate them. We just wanted to give you both sides of the argument here. So let's jump into what you should consider if you want to launch a startup, right? So let's imagine you just graduated from college and you want to go into launching a startup. What are some of the things that you should consider? Lydia, do you want to get us started? Yeah, in no particular order. I guess I'll start with my favorites. One is really the why of the business. You know, is there something out in the world that you're really passionate about impacting? Is there a problem that you see you have the solution for? Mm -hmm. Is there an issue that you want to impact? And that's been a 
a driving force for a lot of the projects that I've created, not necessarily businesses, but I have for sure an entrepreneurial spirit. So a lot of the projects I have founded are because I'm passionate about something. You're really speaking to something that I think is such an important consideration when it comes to launching a startup, which is what is your motivation? Right. Because I know a lot of people come out of college, especially right now, you know, so we're in this kind of maker generation where mm. we're either millennials or Gen X or Gen Y or nobody really knows. But anyway, <laughs> we're, we're somewhere in that bucket. And, you know, we see the Zuckerbergs and we see, you know, all these folks who kind of quit college or dropped out of college or right after college started something and made millions. And... Uh, they travel the world and it's like this amazing thing that we're all fabulous. <laughs> yeah. And so I think there's a lot of people who come out of university and they think, man, I don't want to have a boss. I don't want to be a part of that corporate grind, man. Like yeah. I want to set my own hours. I don't want to work as much as these Wiggas on Wall Street. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Whatever that looks like. I want to design um, my own life. Yeah. And, you know, some of that stuff is pretty awesome. But I got to tell you, if you're going into a startup to get rich quick or to work less hours, you might be in for a major disappointment. Yeah. Turn back, turn around. Yeah, right. Abort mission. <laughs> Abort mission, right. And and really the only thing that's going to help you survive is exactly what Lydia was talking about just a second ago, which is what are you passionate about? And are you passionate about it to the extent that your passion will survive the grind of 10, 12, 16-hour workdays while you're getting this thing up and running for one year, two year, five years, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. really important. So another piece to really pay attention to is who you have in your circles or who, who's in your network already mm -hmm. that you could tap into or, you know, recruit to become part of what you're creating or, you know, become an investor or a backer or connect mm -hmm. you with other people that you want to meet. Mm -hmm. So really taking advantage of all the people you already know who mm -hmm. will then lead you to more opportunities and new people and Mm -hmm. um, potentially some money, which every new business needs. No, totally. Let's see what else. Do you have the right kind of personality? Okay. So what we're basically covering here are if you are thinking about breaking this rule to just go straight into being a CEO and doing that by means of launching your own startup. What are the kinds of things that you should keep in mind? Because as we've always said, it's not about you must break the rule. That's not where we're coming from. We want you to have the right information to see if it's a good choice for you and to just be aware of the fact that there is a choice. So we're presenting some things that you can take a look at if you're in that space of consideration. So this next one is, do you have the right kind of personality? So what we're kind of thinking of here is... Well, first of all, I think, are you disciplined? And I know this is a little bit of a difficult one, and there's all different kinds of discipline, but the short version of this is, do you light your own fire, or do you need to be in a space where other people give you the project or tell you what to do, and then from there, you can take off, right? And both are equally valid and equally valuable. It just depends on what space you want to live in, but if you are the kind of person 
who does better in an environment where there's sort of set parameters and then you can like be awesome within that, a startup maybe isn't for you. On right. the other hand, right, Lydia? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, on the other hand, if you have that personality where you have that drive and you're just passionate, you're excited, and more than that, you're willing to wake up every day and work on it until it's done, right? Then you can dig into this. Then it's worth it. What else? What else do we have to look at? I mentioned this before briefly, but a big consideration is can you survive financially during the time period that it's going to take your business to get off the ground and be up and running. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's many ways to survive financially. There's many opportunities or different paths that you could take to have that happen. But you mm -hmm. want to make sure that you can make it happen before you start, because mm -hmm. the worst thing would be getting six months in realizing, holy shit, mm -hmm. I can't pay my rent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've got nothing to show for all the work I've been doing for the last six yeah. months. Absolutely. And there's, we're going to give you some great information in just a little bit to kind of help you make that decision. For example, are you going to offer a service or a product? Because I'll give you a hint. One of them's a lot more expensive to get off the ground, right? Uh-huh. Um, what else do we have on this list? Are you okay with your future being uncertain? Mm -hmm. Are you okay with uncertainty in your life? Are you willing to be discovering how it's going to go every day in the moment rather than having a set plan of exactly how things are going to turn out? Mm -hmm. Although I will say, you know, again, depending on the person, some startup owners or founders, they have really, really detailed business plans and they know what they're doing for Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. Um, you know, the whole nine, some people are much more go with the flow, but regardless of what kind of person you are, whatever you think is going to happen, isn't, it's going to go sideways. It's going to go up. It's going to go backwards. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> That's kind of, it's, it's both the fun part if you're into it, but it's also scary as hell. Mm -hmm. So you have to be in a headspace where you can handle that uncertainty, where you can get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've experienced this, right, Lydia? I mean, you've, you've been running your own business since right out of college, so you're a great person to talk to about this. Yeah. What is it like for you to live in a state of uncertainty? Well, it's interesting because I, I have a couple different things that I'm always working on. One is that I'm a photographer, so mm -hmm. I run everything about that business. But I'm also a photography teacher, so I work for another person's company that I also run. So I'm like running two businesses, one of which I fully control, the other I'm more of a partner. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of in between being a full-on CEO and being actually a payroll employee of another company. But what I can say from the sort of CEO entrepreneurial side is for me, the, the value in being able to control who I work with, what my rates are, the flexibility of my time, you know, having built up all of those things over the past several years, it's definitely worth it to me. And, you know, I'm very happy that I have the teaching business because I do really enjoy having a steady paycheck. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, I'm, I'm not really one or the other. I'm both. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, that really works because there's benefits to both. And I don't only want just one or the other. Right. And that's actually something we're also going to talk about a little later on. But do you remember what it was like when you first came to New York and you were just getting started and you didn't have this, 
uh, setup yet when it was kind of like, well, I want to be a photographer and I don't want to be any of the other things. So I'm going to fucking do it. And I don't really know how or what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I was, it was interesting. So I was, I don't think scared is the word. Nervousness is definitely part of it. A lot of excitement because I knew that I wanted to be in New York and I was very ready to be here. I was eager to get here. But then, you know, getting here was like, okay, how are we going to pay rent this month? Like, where is it all coming from? And then, you know, the next month comes and where is rent coming from that month? You know, and, and it turned into me just meeting as many people as I could every day and every week. Mm -hmm. So, you know, referencing back to the network piece is that mm -hmm. I got my feet on the ground and I started building a huge network as soon as I could. And I happen to be lucky and that I'm a very social person. But I think for others, that might be a really intimidating prospect. Mm -hmm. That's another, that's an absolutely a great point. It's another aspect of do you have the right kind of personality? So we're kind of tugging out different pieces of this that are valuable to look at because there's nothing wrong with being an introvert or being no. an ambivert. You know, I describe myself as an outgoing introvert. I charge my batteries by myself, but I love being out with other people. Mm -hmm. um, but without some aspect of extroversion, starting a new company is going to be a little bit of a challenge for you. Yeah. Uh, unless you're a, unless you're, I, I don't know. I can't really think of an unless I guess, unless you're starting the app and, and you can do all of it, but you still have to get like, into the world, you know, right. Selling things on Amazon. I mean, I don't know. It, it's a very limited sort of sphere of things you can do. You know um, what? We're going to, we're going to put this out to you guys. Actually. Can you think of examples of people or ways in which you could launch a startup without needing to have that extroverted personality or those extroverted traits that allow you to meet a lot of new people. Um, please hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash RAR and tell us what you think. We actually, we can't think of any examples. So uh, we, we need to reach out to our hive here. Yeah. Awesome. So now that we've sort of decided that we're ready to launch our own startup, mm -hmm. I want to get into what are actually the benefits of doing it that way? What are the benefits of, breaking the rule that you can't start as the CEO of your own company. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, just how bomb is it to get out of college? And then six months later, your friend's like, Hey, how's it been? I haven't talked to you since graduation. What are you up to? And you're like, Oh, well, I'm the founder and CEO of XYZ. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <Booyah>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm being a little bit silly, but seriously, feeling badass leads to being badass. Fake it till you make it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There's yeah. something real there. And and from the very beginning, you're creating your own rules. You are doing exactly what we are about here at this podcast. Heck yes. <laughs> <laughs> there is no manual. You get to make it up as you go. You know, mm -hmm. intentionally, I won't say you should just throw spaghetti at a wall. But you do get to do things the way you want to do them and learn mm -hmm. from that. Mm -hmm. um, you also get to create something that is solely yours out mm -hmm. in the world. So, again, if there's, a, there's an issue in the world that you want to look at or impact or there's something you're really passionate about, you get to leave your mark on that area of the world or, or of our society. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that is something to be proud of and to celebrate, which I don't think people who work for another company their whole life, I won't say they don't have pride in what they do, of course not, but 
having something come from you and being the source of something out in the world is a really powerful feeling. Mm -hmm. Ownership in general, this idea of ownership is so powerful. Owning who you are in the world uh, in some ways is easier when you have created a thing that you actually own. Yeah, it's perfect. It's a perfect way to say it. You always say things so succinctly after I've spent like five minutes <laughs> talking about them. I'm I know, like, but you bring, up, you bring up points I never would have thought of in the first place. So it's good. <laughs> All I'm doing is saying it out loud for myself so that now I'm like on the same page with you. It's good. Sure, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Um, another one is if you want and if you create this kind of business – you have the ability to create a geo-agnostic service business. This is kind of a silly word, but one of my clients used it about six months ago, and I've been addicted ever since then. So geo-agnostic means you can work from anywhere. And that's the kind of business I have. Um, in some ways, it's the kind of business you have, right, Lydia, except for maybe the teaching component. Yeah, but I also teach classes online, and those can be taken from anywhere. Yeah, and, you know... If you are a part of this maker generation and you want to travel the world and you want to see what else is out there and explore other cultures and, and, and also just get a little variety, right? Different offices, different workspaces, different climates and cultures. Uh, that's a possibility, especially, I think we talked about this in, uh, in our last episode, but especially with everything that's available online right now. You have so many resources at your fingertips in terms of making your own website. If you want a virtual receptionist, great. If you want to be a virtual receptionist, cool. There's so many different things that you can do online by yourself, low cost, that you couldn't do before. So there's very little overhead and you can put all your money back into this traveling lifestyle. Yeah, that's great. Another and thing, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, tiny hint, we are going to have somebody on the podcast in a couple episodes who has done just this. She's created her own business, totally geoagnostic. She's living in Barcelona right now. Off the top of my head, I think she's also lived in Thailand, Vietnam, Australia, New York. I can't even think. Florida, a million different places. Um, mm -hmm. And she loves it. And she's in her early 20s. So awesome. she did it right out of college and it was what she was interested in doing. She wanted to travel and explore and she's made it happen. Yeah. So we're going to have somebody in the future who you can uh, learn even more about how that specific version of doing a startup after college is possible. Another benefit is that if you start your own company right out of school or right at the beginning of your career, you don't really have any bad habits that you need to break yet. <laughs> so what we mean by that is because you're brand new in the field or in the arena that you're working in, you're very well positioned and sometimes better positioned than others to challenge assumptions and be really innovative. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people who have been doing what they're doing for decades do things in a particular way. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there is value in challenging the way things have always been done. Right, which, um, is, which is what we call disruptive service. This right? is what we so, call breaking rules. Yeah. <laughs> a good example of this is, is Uber. And I don't know much about Uber's founders or anything, so I'm not really speaking to that. But if you were in the taxi industry for your whole life, you would say this is how taxis work, right? Somebody calls a service, we show up at their place, or somebody flags me down on the street. And 
let's say you came to that service, you didn't know anything about the taxi service, you were just a user of the service and you thought, this is bullshit that I can't order a taxi from my phone. This is a clear oversight in this business. If you were in that business, you might not have seen that. But if you were just a user coming into the world with a problem that you saw a solution to, that's a great entry point to, to make a startup happen. Yeah, and it's so, it's so great because in that example, Uber didn't invent a new industry. They invented the solution to a problem inside an existing industry, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. allowed them to, or continues to allow them to rise above their competition because their competition is not dealing with that particular issue, that problem right. for their customers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The other thing that's really helpful about getting into this whole startup game right out of college is that you don't have a lot of financial constraints or obligations yet. And you know, I'm going to go one step past that and say you don't have that many relational constraints yet. This may not be true for you. I know that there are people who get married in college or who are in a super serious relationship and and I understand that that's a different situation, but for I think probably the majority of people coming out of college, you're not in a super serious heavy-duty relationship. A lot of people move to a new place right when they get out of college. The relationship doesn't come with them. You don't have a mortgage. You may not have kids. You're, you're less likely for sure to have kids at this point. So there's actually a lot of flexibility in that versus, you know, if you do this thing that's recommended where you start learning on other people's money, you get some jobs and you do that. Well, then you've lived there for a while. Then you get a relationship. Then you get married. Now you're paying for a wedding. Well, when do you drop out of your business to do a startup? Do you do it when you're saving for the wedding? Do you do it after the wedding when you're saving for the house? Do you do it after you buy the house when you're saving for the kids? I mean, when do you do it? Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a really good point. And again, that is possible. <laughs> it's just this, this eliminates the, the necessity of solving those additional problems. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The last benefit that we'll share with you, and there are many, many more, is that running your own company can be so fun and rewarding. I mean, mm -hmm. plain and simple. You just get to have fun doing what you love. That doesn't mean there won't be hard days mm -hmm. and that you won't have really shitty meetings and whatever, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> but you will overall get to have a blast doing what you love every day. And again, knowing that you have ownership over something in the world that didn't exist before. Yeah, it's such a cool feeling. You know, I mean, I have to say, even on my even on my shitty days when I wake up and it's gross outside and I'm like the epitome of not a morning person. You can ask anybody who's ever known me. Every morning I have a rule for myself that I'm not allowed to change any plans until I've been awake for an hour because I only make bad decisions. Because you'll be like, yeah. no, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I just want to cancel all the things when I wake up. This is how I am every single morning. And I have this little mantra that I do now when I wake up where I, I just talk myself out of it. And I say, you know what? You have a really cool job. You just get to talk to amazing, creative, innovative, smart people and help them become the people that they want to be. And you get to do it in your pajamas or not as you please. You get to do it from home or not as you please. You get to do it on your own schedule as you please. And like, if I just go through this for five minutes in the morning, I'm so excited to get up and do my day because who can say that? Yeah. I mean, I cannot tell you how amazing it is that I literally wake up, my alarm goes off, and on the days when I don't hit the snooze button, I get up, <laughs> I go into my kitchen, I get my coffee, 
I walk into the office, which is next to my bedroom, and then I sit down and I'm at work. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? This is incredible. I get to do everything I want, everything I love in one place. All the people I love are here, and I'm spending my whole day doing exactly what I want to be doing. Oh, yeah. It's the best commute I've ever had by far. <laughs> <laughs> Heck, yes. I it's love like it. It's like a solid, like, 10 feet from my bed to my office, and I love it. Yeah. Save money on those subway cards, folks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so, so let's take a look at some tips. Um, mm -hmm. What are some things that we can share with you that you can keep in mind if you want to break this rule? If you want to say, you know what? fuck it. I don't want to go into someone else's business. I don't want to be an employee. I don't want to have a boss. I have a passion for a thing and I want to start this business. What are some things that we can tell you to kind of get you off on the right foot? You want to get us started, Lydia? Yeah. So Colleen hinted at this a moment ago, but it is way easier to provide a service than it is to build and distribute a new product. So just consider that whatever it is you're passionate about, you could take it in a couple of different directions. One is you could create a product to solve the problem you're passionate about, or you could provide a service to solve the same problem. And you just want to consider that the, the funding to create a project is a lot more complicated. The lead time, the you know, design process, all of that is going to eat away at your time when you're starting up. And Just the overhead in general, yeah. right? Like if you have a product, first of all, you have to have a place to store the product. So that means you have the physical overhead likely of a place that isn't your apartment. Um, so that's a major expense. Uh, you also have to have product design, product development, product distribution, product packaging. There are so many related expenses to developing a product. Um, and there are cheaper ways to do a product. So we're not, we're not trying to sort of get you off your tangent if you're really excited about a particular product. We're just saying keep that in mind because most people I know fresh out of college are not that well off and they have just started looking at the college debt that they have to pay off, you know? So it's not, it's not like the most money-making moment of your life. And if you start with a service, the only overhead you have is you right? So where do you live? What's your office? Where do you work? That's it. Just, you know, depending on what you offer, you might need to have a nicer wardrobe or something like that, but you can keep it as cheap as you want, as cheap as you design it. Yeah. And um, go I'll just, sorry, I'll just throw this out really quick. There a little like tax tip. If you provide a service out of your apartment, you can write off a full third of your apartment, of your utilities, of your phone, of your internet, all of this stuff. So it also makes your living expenses cheaper. Booyah! What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple other tips. You want to build an enormous network. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so yes, this might look like going to networking events, happy hours, you know, business mm -hmm. meetings, things like that. And it doesn't mean only doing that. You know, you yeah. want to be speaking with people out and about when you're going through your day. You want to be, you know, connecting with people you knew in the past and finding out what they're up to and seeing if there's any synergy between you. Mm -hmm. You know, use your family as your network. Use your friends. See who can connect you to the resources you want and need most. Mm -hmm. The yeah. other thing here, I think, is to, to just remember if you are a startup, 
especially if you're just providing a service. I don't mean just, but if that's the, the sole function of your business, you are your business. So you want to think about what's your brand. And again, if we talk about brand, this doesn't mean logo. This doesn't mean design. This means the cumulative experience that your audience has of you and your business. If it's overall a good experience, you can be said to have a good brand. A good brand is a trusted brand and that's what's going to bring in the bucks in the business. So anywhere you go, you want to be thinking about how am I showing up, right? So for example, I'm a life coach. Now I was never a really bitchy whiny person before I was a life coach. I mean, you know, I was like, <laughs> I was meant for this job, but I do really think about that when I'm on social media, for example. I don't show up when I have things that I need to go through. I call my friends for that. I don't put that on social media because I really pay attention to everywhere that I show up because I know that every interaction that I have in public is a potential business opportunity. And that's a good thing too. That's really fun also because it doesn't mean, you know, most people you say you need to network more. They're like, ugh. I don't want to network more. It's the most boring, <laughs> terrible thing, right? And what networking looks like for me half the time is I say yes to every party invitation I get. And I can't tell you how many clients I have gotten from just talking to people and being absolutely, honestly, passionately curious about their lives when I'm in the world and I hand out my business cards and I get clients from that. And that's really important. So networking isn't just this limited you know, meetups.com um, or like alumni groups or whatever thing. You got to really open it up to your, your wider world. Okay. Another great tip is being willing to know what you don't know and yeah. being willing to ask for support. Mm -hmm. This is a beautiful lesson. I used to be someone who did everything by myself, uh, including the things I didn't know how to do because I was just stubborn and I needed to prove that I could do everything right. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid that other people were going to fuck my shit up. Quite frankly, <laughs> I was selfish and mean. So, um, you know, now I've developed myself and I've done a lot of training around leadership and teamwork. And I, and I know now that being willing to let other people contribute to me is like one of the most rewarding parts of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I think you just said something so important, right? Like I've had a lot of people say, I don't want to put my idea out there because then it's not going to be mine anymore. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what to say. I mean, you might be right, but it's going to be better. It's going to be so much better, right? Like if we think about inspiration as new encounters, right? It's you encountering new people, new ideas, new experiences, new places, You've got to put your stuff out into the world and get feedback and get advice and get thoughts. Um, just have conversations about it, whatever that looks like for you. But it's going to make you stronger, faster, smarter. You're going to turn into a superhero with the help of other people. Absolutely. And there's a couple resources that we're going to put for you on the blog, as always, what, what, <laughs> <laughs> including the Young Entrepreneurs Council, which is a really cool space full of resources and like-minded people. Um, there's also something that I've used, which is clarity.fm. Um, it's a very cool website where you can get startup advice from world-class entrepreneurs. So it's like people that are maybe like out of your level of network at the current time, you can go to Clarity and find the people that you want and pay them pretty minimal fees to have conversations. 
and they will brainstorm with you. They'll give you whatever advice you need, and it's killer advice because they've really been through it. There's lots of resources like this. Take advantage of them. Mm -hmm. Awesome. What's another tip, Colleen? All right, let's see. Um, one of the other ones is be relentless. When it comes to getting business, if you want to start your own business, you cannot be lazy or shy. So I'm not saying uh, it's just about laziness. It's also about shyness. There's a lot of people, so many people, and especially women, unfortunately, it's just how we've been cultured, who are very nervous to go out there and ask for business and ask for other people's money. And you have to know you're worth it. That's the other part about being passionate about what you're doing is you really need to know that you have something valuable to put into the world and to offer folks. So you have to be relentless. And, and what this might look like is saying, you know what, I want to start this so badly that just to get the experience and build the clientele, I'm going to start by working pro bono. And I know a lot of people who've done this to great effect. I did this when I started my most recent business, Rowan Coaching. I was working on um, training as a life coach and I had several more months of it left. So while I was in my training, I was totally transparent and open. And I posted on Facebook to all my friends. I said, hey guys, I'm gonna do 90 days of free coaching. Whenever you sign up, you'll get as many <laughs> days as are left. But between here and August, I'm gonna do free coaching. Um, for as many clients as, as I can fit in. And I was working with like 25 clients for free as I was learning. And they knew I was learning. They knew I was training. But first of all, it made me learn a thousand times faster. Second of all, once I actually started the business, all of those people gave me testimonials. Some of them became paying clients. Some of them spread the word and gave me referrals. Um, my business was jump started as a result of that. So you got to get out there. Yeah. That's awesome. Another tip is you have to be really careful about comparing yourself to other professionals. So mm -hmm. as an artist, as a photographer, I very quickly will go into my head about whose work is better than mine. And like, oh, that wedding photographer is way better. And that's why they charge so much more than me. And I will never get that much, you know, like all this terrible negative bullshit <laughs> that like, we're not going to indulge. But, you know, we all have our own version of that internally, and it's really important to notice that and to just be willing to give that shit up and mm -hmm. say, you know what, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm creating, mm -hmm. you know, being confident in what you're offering in the world, and you really don't need to, you know, it's good to know who your competition is, you know, if we're going to use that word, but I don't think that comparing yourself to others is a useful, you know, way to spend your time. You know, I was working with a client on this um, several months ago, and she, she said, I said, what are we working on today? And she said, I want to figure out how to not be so jealous when I see other people who've started similar organizations that I think are experiencing more success than I am. And I said, okay, well, let's look at how we're going to do this. And where we landed was she came up with a replacement thought for whenever that thought came up in her head, that jealous instinct. What she said to herself instead was, what can I learn from them? Like, okay, if I think they're doing better, cool, but how? What are they doing that they're doing better? What can I learn? What can I borrow from that and implement? Just use it as information if you're determined to look at that stuff. But the other piece of this that we're putting out here is, you know, in terms of just coming out of college and then going straight into a startup, you're going to have a lot of friends who come out of business school or whatever else 
and go into the salary jobs and they're making anywhere from 40 to 80 K right off the bat. And you're going to be sitting over there eating ramen every day of the week and like hot dogs, oh, and ramen, other <laughs> things that are just made of like essence of dehydrated cancer. And you're going to have to run with it. You're going to have to have the faith in yourself that you're going to get to a point where your life and the quality of it and the shape of it is worth more to you than the salary this other person is making. So again, we're talking about tips for if you want to start your own company, right? Just, uh, we only have a few more left, but these are all really important things. So just keep in mind. So if you've got a notebook or you want to write down the things that matter to you the most, um, or if you've already been through this and want to share with us your best tips, we always want to hear it. Uh, what else do we have left on our list, Lydia? So we want you to be prepared for this endeavor to be your full-time lifestyle, right? It is not only a job when you're opening up a new company or starting a company, it is your entire life. Mm -hmm. And here's what I don't mean by that. I don't mean that you shouldn't sleep or take care of yourself or that you should shirk all of the other things you're doing in your life. But I do mean that you really are going to be dedicating you know, the majority of your energy and dedication to this, to this company, especially Mm -hmm. when you're the only one there, right? So just being really ready to embrace that, you know, hopefully, if it's something you're passionate about, you are excited to embrace that as your whole life. Mm -hmm. But just take a look at that, right? Is that is that going to work for you or not? You know, something that's exciting about this, too, though, is even if in the future, you do want to work for someone else, and you want that killer industry job, You know, I've talked to a lot of hiring managers for really big name places who say they love hiring people who have started their own successful businesses in the past because running a startup is like a crash course Uber boot camp for business. (laughs) You know, like you have to be your own HR person. You have to solve your own problems. If if you get a negative review on Yelp, you can't pass that shit on to somebody. You got to solve all of it. You have to figure out your legal things. If you mess up your taxes, you got to get on that. (laughs) And you're probably going to mess something up, but that's okay. You're going to work through it and you're going to learn so much. You're going to know how to do social media. You're going to know how to do marketing. You're going to know how to do website and SEO. You're going to know how to do hiring practices and firing practices and difficult conversations and leadership. And I mean, by the end of this thing, you will be like a one man business band. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, I'm just I'm having flashbacks to the Music Man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely so great. Yes. Another tip is you you really want to start expanding your business by hiring freelancers, not just bringing on full time employees or even part time employees, because the overhead again of hiring employees is higher than it is to just hire freelancers. And I've worked as a freelancer for many different photo studios and companies and. You know, there, there are things to consider on the, both the employer side and the employee side, but it really will serve your business in the long term if at the beginning you're hiring people on an hourly or project, you know, per project basis rather than as an employee. And it's not just for the sake of the overhead, although the overhead is significantly lower. And you're also, there's a lot of legal stuff that you don't have to fuck with if you don't have full-time employees you know, stuff like that, it's a lot easier also. But on top of that, you're going to learn what it means to manage people before you have employees, if you start with freelancers. 
and that's really important. And, and, and another aspect of that is you need to be very careful about who you bring on board to represent your brand. If somebody's a freelancer, that's a little bit less of a danger zone. But if you bring people on who are going to represent your company full time, you better be damn sure that they're on the same page with you about what you stand for. Yeah. And that, that can take a little practice. It can take a little practice to discern the difference between what people say in an interview and how they're really going to behave as an employee. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What's another tip, Colleen? Well, in a related, uh, a related aspect, some people do want to start with a team and that's okay, right? Depends on what you're working on. Um, some things really need teams, especially if you are going to go with a product instead of a service. But if you are going to start with a team, um, if you're going to have a founding team, first of all, make sure that everybody on board is ready to be family, not coworkers, because this is not going to be a colleague kind of situation. It's not going to be a thing where you just put up with each other at work and then you go home and you live your separate lives. Like you guys need to be really prepared to be on the same page in terms of the really critical stuff in terms of like values and the direction and how you want to present yourself to the world. You guys need to be the kind of friends or family who can resolve difficult stuff that's going to come up. You guys aren't going to be on the same page all the time and there needs to be a way through that or it won't work. And you also need to make sure that everybody who's on your team has the same level of commitment as you. So if it's your idea and you're bringing people on, it's very easy for those other people to get discouraged midway through six months in, eight months in when it's still building and say, you know what, I'm out. I need to go get a salary job. And you know, you want, like that's understandable, right? Like you can't get in somebody's way if they need to make a living, but it's better to see that coming than to find that out in the middle of it. And then we have a really, we're going to close on a really, uh, one that we're, we're really excited about. This is so important. Uh, Lydia, I'm going to let you go for it. Oh, yay. It's my favorite. We've said this like 12 times already, but I'm going to say it again. Final tip, be passionate about what you're doing or just don't do it. Yep. Yeah. Just don't do something that you aren't really lit up about. If you're going to spend as much time and energy and money and all of your dedication on this one new thing, then you really better be in love with it. Yeah. Um, you know, again, we've talked about this in the past. I'm very lucky that I knew I wanted to be a photographer when I was young and I just followed that path my whole life. But if I, for some reason, was like, I'm going to be a photographer and I didn't really love that, then it would have been a humongous uphill battle. Mm -hmm. And it's just not worth it. I mean, who wants to set out to carve out their own future and then end up doing something they don't love? Yeah, that's no fun. You may as well just get a job with somebody else. Yeah, I want to add one level, one level of nuance to this, which is you need to be passionate, not just about what service or product that you want to bring into the world, but you need to be passionate about being an entrepreneur. Because honestly, the service product part of the show is going to be a fairly small percentage of your time and how you spend it, at least when you're getting started, because you're not going to have a team yet, um, or you're going to have a very, very small team, and you're going to be responsible for every aspect of birthing this beautiful thing into the world. So you need to love the work as much as you love the thing that you're focusing on. And that's really important. And it's a really kind of a missed step, I think, for a lot of people, because they have a ton of passion for the service, 
but they don't want to mess with the HR or the marketing or the advertising or figuring out how to do SEO or they don't like networking or whatever the other elements are. And you need to be really ready and excited to become that business person as much as you're excited to do the thing that you love. Cool. So that's it. This was so meaty that we barely have time for a sign off, but I want to say thanks for coming on board and checking out our most recent episode. We hope this gave you some great ideas and information about what it takes to create a startup, especially right out of college and whether or not it would be a good idea for you or, you know, whether uh, this whole you can't start as a CEO is a, is a rule that you want to break. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, guys. We will be back next week with our guest, Dara. Am I pronouncing her name right? I don't know. We'll figure okay. it out. <laughs> with our guest, who has done exactly this. She broke this rule. She'll tell us all about it. And we can't wait to have you hear from her. Fantastic. So have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Rules Aren't Real. We hope it gave you some serious food for thought when it comes to the rules you might be following in your own lives. In fact, we'd love to hear about those personal rules of yours or any other thoughts you have about our show. Join the conversation on Instagram at RAR Podcast today. If you want to learn more about Lydia or me, please visit our website at rowancoaching.com slash RAR. Thanks again for listening. We can't wait to break some more rules with you next week. See you soon. soon.